You want to get into stand-up? How about songwriting? Why not both? Take some inspiration from The Supergroup, a podcast hosted by Tawny Newsom and Alex Kilner. They put together comedians and musicians going step-by-step through the process of drafting, recording, and re-recording a song. They've had on Open Mike Eagle, Ted Leo, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and plenty of other creative peeps to make real songs. And the podcast is pretty hilarious, too. The Supergroup is available only on Stitcher Premium for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com forward slash supergroup and use promo code POCKET. The Galaxy Note 9 has a hard road ahead of it. It has to make up ground in sales from the Galaxy S9. And it will have to do so with few visceral upgrades. So... What can Samsung do to prop up the biggest chance it has against the iPhone? Put Fortnite on it. The world's most popular MMO is coming to Android and it looks set to debut on a phablet. More on that in just a moment. We'll dig into a couple of follow-up stories as well on the MacBook Pro and BlackBerry Key 2. Plus, we chew on the bitter pill for everyone in technology. That is the tariffs tussle between the United States and China. The questions here, how much will your next upgrade cost you and will you be able to afford it? Plenty of questions to answer. We've got a bunch of tech rascals to give our best shot at answering them. From Pocket Now and XDA Developers, it's episode 315 of The Weekly, recorded at 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday, the 27th of July, 2018. This is the show that delves into everything that moves and is technology, from smartphones to tablets and wearables. It's the stuff you probably couldn't make up even in your wildest imaginations as a kid. I'm Jules Wong, producer of this podcast, and for one more episode, the host, joined by our favorite XDA pal, Brandon Miniman. Hello to you. Hello and happy Friday. It's almost happy hour, right? Yeah, yeah, five o'clock somewhere, right? Yeah. Always got to be searching for that clock to just move the hand over. Uh, let's uh, go on to our favorite martial arts specialist. What's going on, Joshua Vergara? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I would really stop short of saying specialist. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the kind words, though, in that regard. I mean, you have to be showing off all your skills, man. It's not just the personal brand. It's also the services that you can provide to a whole bunch of people, be it uh, enforcing or protecting or whatnot. Let's uh, go over, finally, to the guy who's on our YouTube channel the most often. It's Jaime Rivera. How's your day so far? everybody's scrambling here are we online <laughs> yes we are online we are live we are Sorry here samuel martinez our uh guy who runs the spanish uh, side of our video <laughs> operations as well uh, is uh, just appearing behind jaime for a second as he uh tries and shoots um, shoots a couple of clips i had to switch between like three hotspots right now hello how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm in honduras we sometimes lose connectivity here which is the funniest thing. Third world. Thank you. <laughs> As we were saying while we were getting set up for all of this, it's it's one of those Fridays. <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah. And uh, saying just that just now, um, Jaime has disappeared dis- off the earth again. So um, he'll, he'll, hopefully... he'll be back. He'll be in and out today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Ho- maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully you have to cross your fingers for just a bit here. Oh, there we go. So, oh, there um, he is. He's in. <laughs> there he is. 
Yeah, yeah, <sighs> this is the worst. Just keep going, guys. It happens. We'll just right. keep going. It's yeah. all right. We'll, we'll try all and right. see what we can do. We'll be able to salvage things uh, and uh, make sure that uh, we can get the latest out to you guys in terms of the news and some hot takes as well. We certainly would like to hear your hot takes uh, on the Twitters. We are hashtag PN Weekly. You can put your thoughts, your questions, whatever you want in there. We'll answer them. Uh, Joshua is covering the YouTube side of things. Uh, in terms of chat and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, see what's going on over there he'll be able to chime in with your uh, relayed thoughts as well and if you can't make it live here on this uh, program then definitely write us still podcast.pocketnow.com is the way to go for emails so any way that you can contact us and would like to contact us then please do so all right, so um, I'm going to defer to Brandon Miniman for a second here, as he has a continuation of a thought thread that he made yesterday about the BlackBerry Key 2. He's been mulling over what Joshua has been uh, saying in its defense. So uh, go ahead, Brandon. Bring it on. Yeah, so so Josh, no, no, I think this is kind of like me joining your side. But <laughs> I've been thinking, I've, I've been thinking a lot about what you said about the key two last week, mm-hmm. um, and you you described very eloquently how you utilize keyboard shortcuts to like copy and paste, and then quickly move between apps with a speed key, mm-hmm. and how the keyboard allows you to type with greater confidence and accuracy. And then it dawned on me that the key two is something to be achieved, something to master. It's like a It's like an instrument that you need to learn how to play by spending time with all of its features and capabilities, embracing its quirks. And by doing so, you end up with an experience that is in a lot of ways better than your typical candy bar phone. So in light of that realization, I'm giving the key to another chance. You really had an effect on me. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the punchline. Wait, that that was it? There's no punchline? <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm giving it another chance. I love the way he described how quickly he moves around, how he uses Command C and Command V for copy and paste. So the command. There's a lot of text that goes into a lot of places for me. So like that's that's my thing. Like especially if you're doing socials every single day, you're typing a lot and you have to copy it from one place to another. I do use Buffer for all of my social stuff, but still, like I, I have to do YouTube descriptions and all that stuff. So it really helps in that regard. And uh, also emails. I mean, pretty much every email you you guys on this uh, on this panel have ever gotten from me or in the last like month or so has been off the key too. So. <laughs> Interesting. So you don't use Gmail. You prefer to use the BlackBerry Hub email no. system. <laughs> no, I, I 100% use Inbox by Gmail. Um, okay, and good. <laughs> because of its trips uh, function, that's the best thing in the world to me. Cause it, it, it's so nice how they do agree, that. Exactly. Agree. So I use Agreed. Inbox. It, it, I have I have used the Hub as an easy way of just seeing all of my social media like notifications and whatnot, but that's about it. <laughs> but here's the thing, like like BlackBerry uh, the other day. I, so I'm 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 big on Instagram stories, and I I watch a lot. I watch all your Instagram stories, by the way, Josh, and just about everybody's. And BlackBerry the other day posted one where they were like, "What's most important to you, battery life or camera?" I'm like, "Why are you asking this? Isn't it both?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I know why they're asking it. I yeah. know, and it, it's 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 the the poor camera on the key too, man. Like really, like why? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a bad camera if this was like a two hundred dollar phone. And the what Honor Seven X takes better to do with the other. Exactly. Yeah, what is one, exactly. Like the, you can have both. You can have both in so many phones: battery life and camera. You know. Mm-hmm. You know what the worst part is that the Honor Seven X is worth just two hundred dollars, and it takes better photos than the key too. 
Did you see the Honor 7X is on sale for like 160 now f- until yep. the end of July? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. These prices so are going to these prices are going to feel like a dream compared to everything we're about to talk about <laughs> on this podcast. It's, it's like free. It's like it's like a free phone <laughs> exactly. pretty much compared to Indeed. the other phones. Yeah, I mean, I'm just bracing myself for what's to come in the next several months here, but uh, I think we should all be grateful for what we have currently. And in terms of what we have for keyboard phones, especially if you're that kind of person that just keeps on uh, typing and typing away, then I think you might have to deal with what you get here. So, mm, the, Or just dual wield. Or dual wield. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford that life, which uh, if you probably are uh, going how, around. How, how do you fit that thing in, in your pocket, by the way? That That, like... Pop socket? Yeah. How do you do that? Everyone has one. Like, do you really, have you really committed yourself to a pop socket? Because I tried it for like a month and I'm like, this gets caught on my pocket. Screw this thing. Like, I, I just. I don't really have that issue too often, but I guess I'm more cognizant of it after using it for so long. I've been a pop socket advocate for so long. Um, but uh, this, this will help for the creatives in the room right now. Um, Having this here and being able to lay it down because of the kickstand, this is your second monitor for your camera. Oh, totally. That's great. And I prefer the ones that are actually more like a ring pulls instead of the socket thing. Ah. because The eh. rings pull on my finger. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, this is so much more comfortable to me. I mean, <laughs> to each their own, I'll say. Yes. That's, uh, Agreed. Let's <laughs> go with hey, that. Back in the, wait, wait. Back in the day, uh, there were some phones that had built-in kickstands. HTC phones. HTC, H- Evo 4G, Evo Which, whatever Evo 4G. Was. Yeah, but you Evo couldn't, 4G. Yeah, but you couldn't put your hand in the kickstand, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You just hold on to it securely. As yeah, much as I would like to talk this. about kickstands here for the next hour, uh, we are Sorry, running you. behind. Okay. <laughs> And uh, we have to get things going here. So let's talk about one of our uh, next favorite phones uh, for the future, shall we? Let's talk about the Note 9 uh, and the claims that it will be coming out in early August because it was forced to uh, and because there is a lot of competition coming up in terms of the iPhone, uh, as is traditional because they always release late in the summer, but also because of Chinese uh, pressures too with uh, Vivo, Oppo, and a whole bunch of them just putting out great international products and seeing what they can do. The Oppo Find X, the Vivo Nex, uh, those have provided immense uh, sales uh uh, competition going on in the world. So I want to know what this uh, this Fortnite deal, this rumor of having Fortnite, it hasn't yet arrived on Android. It's on iOS. It's on all the other uh, major platforms. But there's word that it might do so. It might make the splash onto Android with the Galaxy Note 9, and that will it will be exclusive for a month just to the Note 9. So um, I guess, uh, why don't you uh, talk about this one, Jaime, first? Oh, my God. So I've got somebody called Sam. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen his gaming videos on our Spanish channel. Shameless plug. Well, I was trying but... to get to Sam, but apparently he has some work to do. <laughs> okay, so so Sam yesterday was like, dude, dude, Fortnite is coming out on Android today. It's coming out on Android today. And he's like, out of the blue, he's we're working on the script for the Daily and for the Diario. And he's like, no. And I'm like, what's wrong, dude? And he's like, dude, we've got rumors that now it's going to be exclusive for the Note 9. Like, WTF? <laughs> like, I was expecting it today because he is like an anim- He will not touch an iPhone. Sam will not touch an iPhone. Like, he does not want to. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. So, I don't know, man. I, 
I think that it's a smart, I think that it's an interesting strategy from Samsung. Uh, the rumors are that uh, not only will the Fortnite be launched with the Note 9, that it will be exclusive, that we'll have Ninja, which is probably the most famous uh, Fortnite player. Uh, he's going to make the be part of the announcement through Epic, with Epic Games as well. Uh, I oh, think Ninja. it's a cool, yeah, I think it's a cool strategy from Samsung. I just, I'm sad for everybody, all of us using Android phones right now because <laughs> Fortnite's like really cool. Like my son is stuck on that thing. Wait, wait, Ninja? You mean, you mean Kevin's going to be on that thing? No, not the Tech Ninja. <laughs> not my buddy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So the, the rumor is that it will be exclusive. I, I hope not. But I doubt that it won't be. We've seen exclusives. Like, for example, the Razer phone launch with this uh, with Final Fantasy. I forget which version. 15. Uh, the desktop. Yeah, they, they launched with that. But it wasn't exclusive to, to uh, the Razer phone. So Super Mario Run was exclusive to the iPhone for a while. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So, There's, there are a lot of apps and games out there that have been exclusive to the iPhone that eventually make it to Android. It's kind of the same thing in kind of a weird way. Kind of sucks, but, you know, it kind of makes sense at the same time. I think it's great, honestly, because um, this is this is exactly the kind of stuff that I remember. Do you guys remember when, when we were first getting into the smartphone? Like, right before the smartphone era began, companies like Samsung and LG would do partnerships with big names in order yeah. to sell their phones and i used to be like heavily into korean pop music and this was back in like the early 2000s and every new lg phone used to be exclusively sold with certain people and certain marketing and certain celebrities as like the the, the marketing strategy so i think this is a little bit in that vein so it makes sense to me I, I i do like it and mobile gaming is incredible now fortnite is just one example i've been playing so many awesome games it, on the one plus six right now but um it's uh it's been a great time to be a mobile gamer lately. No game will ever be as good as Teeter. <laughs> Teeter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, te- whatever Teeter um, is. But, but here's, H- here's the H- thing. H- I don't think it's a smart strategy because I wish that they would launch, you know, that they would launch Fortnite that day. But then if you own a Galaxy Note 9, you'll get like an unlimited battle pass or whatever it is that you get, the perks that you get, just because That's you're a Note a 9 user. Yeah. I feel That's that would idea. be better than having the, the game locked to just one phone. And is it only the Note 9 or can it be like the way the Jay-Z album was where it was every Samsung phone? Because if it's only the Note 9, will that actually make people buy a phone just for the game? Yeah. That, and that and the fact, like, uh, for example, uh, shameless plug as well, I'm, I'm working on, for everybody that's been asking for After the Buster Return, it's returning with the Galaxy Note 8 this weekend. Um, and uh, my God, like, this is not a phone for everybody. That's the other problem. Yeah, the Note is sadly exactly. not the phone for everybody. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's up. Man. I don't think it's, it's the best idea, but we'll see. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a you whole bunch you, of... You know what? Yeah, go ahead, please. I was going to say, do you guys know how a phone identifies itself to a piece of software? So I think through like serial numbers or through the Play Store at least, because I know that a lot of interaction goes through uh, with the medium of the Play Store, and uh, like there are certain whitelists that uh, things are. I mean, we talked about this with the VLC app with Huawei phones this week too, uh, where uh, they were banned from uh, downloading the VLC app from the Play Store. Well, yeah, the, what I was going to say is that uh, there's a piece of software in every phone called Build, build Prop, and that identif- it's kind of like a startup file for every phone that identifies the, the make and the model, the screen resolution, and all that kind of stuff. 
And in the past, it has been possible to edit your build prop. For example, to take your Samsung phone and say that it's a Nexus phone. So you get like Google, new Google features earlier. So, so my guess is that to once Fortnite is available, someone will extract the APK. All you got to do is change your build, your build prop to say you have a Note 9 and then you can load it on. I mean, that's what's happened in the past. Hmm. XDA developers, man. Yeah, I was about to say that is true XDA fashion right there. It's easy stuff too. It takes it takes it takes Notepad and just very basic knowledge. Yeah, but it's it, it, you'll find that uh, when the Galaxy Note Nine gets uh, released, and then you get the how-to articles up, and then um, it'll be one of the most uh, impressive things. It will be one of the most read things in the world by the time it goes out. I mean, we're talking about. A company, Epic Games, that is behind uh, Fortnite, and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. They've been increasing their uh, market share in terms of uh, this game. And to not have it on the world's most popular mobile OS yet, uh, that's going to be something to watch out for, to say the very least. So we'll keep our eyes on this one. In the meantime, we shall move forward and go to something that's also somewhat related to the Galaxy Note 9. There's been some speculation uh, about revolving around the latest announcement from Samsung, this unbreakable panel, one of the super amyloid screens, but instead of a glass uh, cover surface that you have, as with most typical uh, displays, you have plastic. Now, where have Ew. we seen plastic before? Oh I, I agree. Yeah, my, oh, you, you, I know, I know. You guys don't want to see my Galaxy S8 active, man. That thing looks terrible. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Brendan. The, it's the the Moto uh, Moto Force, the Moto Z Force. Yeah, yeah the Moto that, Z2 Force and terrible. the Moto and like, Droid Turbo 2 was the first one that had that shatter shield, and everyone uh, was complaining about right. the scratchiness, how easily it was scratched, and they also had a little a snafu in terms of the uh, cover replacements because you could get those liners covered um, replaced for a certain fee, and then they didn't offer it for the Z2 Force uh, because it just wasn't economical. It seemed so. Yeah, um, I. I that you have a lot more to say about this, Brandon. Oh, I mean the uh, this, the, the the Moto Shatter Shield was just—if you looked—it's just not a good technology. Not only does it make the screen feel soft because it has like multiple layers of plastic, and not only is it more conducive to scratches, like super conducive to scratches, but it also is like having like four screen protectors on your screen. It blocks light. The colors aren't as vibrant on the display. It just makes for a lower quality display. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know people or yourselves have problems with shattering phone screens, but like most people I know are careful with their phones or they use a case. And this isn't a problem. Like, why do we need plastic screens? We used to have plastic screens back in the day. They were terrible. Also, they're also bad for touch response. That's the other thing. It um, reduces the sensitivity of the display. Um, increases touch latency just overall no for the um plastic screen so so from what i understood from the from the news it was more like a it's not a blend i don't know if that's even possible um uh, but it's not necessarily plastic there are glass components and apparently what you're going to be touching is glass i actually covered it on the daily just like (laughs) recorded it like 30 minutes ago 
Um, but yeah, it's 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 like if it's glass, but there are plastic components that allow it to be indestructible. For me, it's like you know, if for the things that I care about, which is what I touch, if that's glass, uh, I you know I'm all open for it. I mean, the biggest problem with with Galaxy devices is this curve. You know, putting a case on it makes it even more difficult because the lip to protect the curve is more pronounced. So. You know, I find it to be such an irony for you to have such a thin and, you know, beautiful phone if you're going to have to be protecting it with a case. So for me, it would be great to have a phone that I would, you know, not have to protect. But I would, I don't know, man. We'll see. I, I don't think that glass is the best solution for the backs, for example. So why don't you bring that that whatever shatter shield material to the back instead, which is what I, which is what's most breakable lately. And then, you know, the front leave it glass or I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, our uh, glass 10. Yeah. In, <laughs> indeed. Well, we just got six, man. Uh, I should note yeah, that. Um, look into the future. Yeah. Uh, the news article was based off of just the release. So any insight that you can uh, provide, if it's from Samsung or from wherever else, I mean, that's appreciated. Uh, Joshua, I was wondering what your take on the story is. I find it funny that it, our our replacement screens not a huge form of revenue for these companies. Like, what do they <laughs> they want to capitalize on that? Um, but if 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 the screen looks good, the way that a Super AMOLED should look, then I'm all for it. Like, it's it's fine. Like like Brandon said, I I'm, I am careful with my phones to the point where I've never really shattered one. Um, I think I've only broken like one screen in my in my whole career. Um, I've lost one phone and I've broken one phone. Like that's it's a pretty good record for a six-year career so far. That is um, a good record. Yeah, so... Not mine. Um, <laughs> and that also does not count drop tests. So let's just put that in a different category. <laughs> um, I love that they were talking about these drop tests. These drop tests, they did 26 consecutive drops from about four feet. And it's like... Okay, four feet's fairly average, and that's fine. But, of course, there are all of these different factors. You could say that a screen is unshatterable or whatever, unbreakable, whatever you want to talk, whatever, whatever you want to name it. But then you put it on a different type of concrete, a different type of flooring, a different type of jagged floor, and all of a sudden that thing becomes breakable. So I, I, I stop short of actually believing when claims like this happen because there's always a way to break something. Always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we keep name-dropping Zach Nelson of uh, Jerry Rig Everything, but we need to have him on at some point, just so that oh, yeah. we can like get this all sussed out and talk about Moe's levels of material hardness, because uh, yeah. oh my God. that's our favorite Did thing. Did you see the Oppo Find 10 video he published? It was yeah. Oh, man, I think I destroyed Brutal. it. Oh, my God, that was so bad, man. And yeah. obviously, obviously, Zach's jokes just make it even better. Oh, there's so many, so many jokes in that one. It's great. Yeah, his delivery Love is it. just deadpan, serious and hard on kind of just boom right right in front of your face but, but, I, but I feel I feel that Zach was just disappointed like in a good way like he he broke it and he's like oh I didn't want to break you like I'm sorry because <laughs> the innovation's great and the design is great and I didn't want well oh well it broke <laughs> <laughs> well I mean progress only gets you so far right right well Agreed. It's been it's been really boring with phone durability tests. I mean, like almost every phone that he's tested in the last like ten months has been fine. 
And it was kind of cool, actually, to see a phone be destroyed. I got to admit. Yeah, you got to get really? that shelf filled up, that shelf of shame. Yeah, the shelf of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. At some point. <laughs> uh, just a comment quickly from uh, the hashtag PN Weekly on Twitter. Renato Laporte, you can place a glass panel on top of the plastic panel. The thing is, with an OLED display now attached to that glass panel, it's easy to damage it when you drop the phone. So there are a lot of composition issues, and who knows if uh, these companies will just add on a glass panel anyways to this uh or at least samsung because they own the technology you would presume but who knows if they will put another glass panel on it just in case so it'll be interesting uh joshua i know that you kind of cynically talked about the kind of this revenue stream from replacement glass but (laughs) that may still be the case so we'll have to see let us move on and uh, talk about something that is the antithesis of a topic from last week. So uh, last week we talked about the uh, we talked about the light uh, and uh, the, the company, the Upstart, that had 16 cameras on its uh, first smartphone, and that how it's going to change itself with computational photography and whatnot. So this time around, we're going to flip it to Sony, who has been very, very on it when it comes to image sensors for mobile phones, and they have just debuted the first. 48 megapixel sensor, the smallest uh, in, well, just ever, because that's how mobile phones work. And there's word that it might potentially reach us during CES 2019 with the Galaxy, excuse me, not the Galaxy, the Xperia XZ3. So many names out there can be confusing. So we have... Given the size that we have here, I wish there was the picture here of the uh, actual rulers that measured out this thing. But it's very small, and you're talking about fitting in 48 million pixels onto that space. There's bound to be some sort of uh, loss that you're going to have, diminishing returns. So I'm wondering who's bracing for this the most. Um, Joshua, would you like to start? Oh, you're interesting. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I I always Sony's always the one that says we've we've achieved this high megapixel count, and then you actually use the camera on their phones, and it just doesn't turn out to be as awesome as they they market it out to be. Obviously, the sensor itself needs to have the right software backing it up, and that's when the sensor becomes part of other Android phones. But uh, while I'm excited for the sensor itself, I'm not excited for the phone. It's been a while since I've been excited for an Xperia device. And yeah, some of my some of my best that... memories were with Xperia phones uh, early on with the Xperia Z1, X1, X1. That one was good too. That was such a beautiful phone. That was such a beautiful phone. 48 megapixels, I mean, I I'm I'm cool with that as long as I can see someone actually use it to some sort of amazing ability, like like oh. put that thing inside of a Pixel Four or a Pixel Three or something, you know. Like, but but this this is the question that I have about this. When was the last time that Sony brought their best technology and la- launched it on an Xperia first? We know they don't. Don't they, they try to like they? What about the uh, first 4K screen? Well, like? but the the 4K screen was. But uh, when I'm talking, I'm talking about imaging. It's their imaging technology never makes it to the Xperius first. So my biggest guess, and you know, because I did cover some rumors, uh, I did cover some rumors. So we've got you know two flagship phones that are coming up. We've got the iPhone 10 Plus, 
which there were weird rumors that mentioned triple cameras might not. And then we've also got the Galaxy S10 Plus or Pro or whatever they're going to name that thing, which is also rumored to bring three cameras. Now, we know the amount of damage that the P20 Pro has done. That phone, you know, it's there are things about that phone that are just really hard to compare with any other device out there. It's not the perfect camera, but it is signi- it's great. And so the the question is, what if we don't get this at CES? What if Apple already secured so many sensors and we get to see it on that iPhone 10, whatever? These companies need to innovate somehow. You know, the, the S9 didn't perform well. Obviously, Apple wants to ride the lightning. So I think that that's probably going to be the plan. Let's think about what this uh, P20 Pro has done. I mean, it was just that one 40 megapixel sensor that our Adam Z Lane found to have been really the difference maker in terms of providing so much sharp resolution and making sure that uh, these pictures, no matter how far away they've, they're taken or wherever they're taken, they come out clean, crisp, and better than even what the companion sensors have done. So, Do you guys remember um, in certain TV shows and movies back in the 90s, back in the 80s, they would take a camera, like they were looking at like a robber or something, and then they would zoom in to like their eye, and then the detective would be like, depixelate, and brrr, <laughs> and it's perfectly clear. Enhance. <laughs> yeah, Enha- exactly. Yeah, enhance. Like that That obviously didn't exist. I mean, you can't create data where there is none. But if you, if the sensor was like, like a tremendous amount of megapixels. In theory, that should be possible. If you take a, you know, 100 megapixel image of something and you zoom in, you should be able to get a tremendous amount of detail. So you I'm sure, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't always work out so perfectly, but. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is like, yeah. when, when has been the last time that you were able to do a 100 crop into a smartphone picture and be completely satisfied with what you see? Uh, you know, that, like... that Nokia phone, the 41 megapixel one? Oh, well, there are times when it has been pretty good, but it's not the most, it's not a commonality with smartphone cameras. It's not, it's not like the movies yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention real quick is uh, I'm just looking at the spec sheet that is here or just a spec table or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> there are two things yeah. that really catch my eye here. The front-facing camera can record 4K video, which I think is cool. Um, <laughs> I like that a lot. And uh, if there's good stabilization and the, and the, uh, lens is wide enough because there's one thing I've realized about smartphone cameras um, They're always a little just a tiny bit too narrow They're never just mm, wide enough, yeah. especially front-facing yeah, cameras. They're always in that 70 degree range. That's very stubborn Exactly, and then the other thing that I saw here is it's Android 8.0 and then below it It says invalid Android Sony edition indeed Sony indeed it is invalid, <laughs> invalid. <laughs> invalid. Well, I mean <laughs> We don't give enough. We don't give enough credit to Sony for being such an innovator in terms of AOSP and whatnot. So, I mean, just to be fair, it's there are they are doing their part, but yeah. in terms of making their own little thing happen, it's well, it's not really working out. So, hopefully, things will change so much as uh, the seasons and weather does. Hey, also, you a, can only hope, right? Also, a 1080p screen. So, to Jaime's point, like the, the technology that they try to put out often doesn't even make it into their own phones. So. well we'll have to see what happens with that as we move along here let's uh, talk about well let's stick with Jaime for a second because I think there's a resolution to one of the previous problems that we've faced with the MacBook Pro 2018 and that is with macOS High Sierra version 10.13.6 finally 
some resolution on the throttling issues in terms of handling third party uh, third party applications and seeing how they handle under excessive heat or just being able to actually work properly in terms of making the Intel Core processor run and also just keeping it cool. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that and uh, what your revised assessment, if you have one, is. I'm still not buying it. I'm still not buying it. I'm still still waiting for the next generation. Uh, Like, shoot, I I pretty much stuck with a five-year-old computer up until the third generation of the current MacBook Pro just because of that. So uh, just a heads up, there is a fix uh, admitted to macOS High Sierra. Um, <clears throat> Apple made a statement where they discovered that there was a key within the within the um, firmware that wasn't allowing the computer to cool down correctly, and so they sent out the update. And they also sent an apology because obviously you spent $3,000 at least on this computer. So That's so funny. Was, the funny thing is Apple could have said anything and you would have believed it. They could have said the flux capacitor had a crack in it. <laughs> and, 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 and you would have no longer in 1985, man. <laughs> you would have been like, okay, they fixed, uh, you know, there's a software yeah, update. Yeah, but no, no. I just, listen, Apple is just so bad about experimenting with technology. Oh, my God. They're slow to adopt. Like, we're still using three gigs of RAM on the iPhone ten, man. Uh, like... Seriously, I do understand that they make very lean software. I get that. But that doesn't give them an excuse to cheap out on specific things just to be able to make an extra profit. I get it. You don't need the best and the latest specs. But, you know, whenever you do, don't screw it up. Yeah. Uh, To that point that you made, Brandon, uh, I've seen plenty of interviews featuring uh, Tim Cook. And I've seen how sometimes his eyes pop out. And I'm just imagining him saying, great, Scott, while he does that. So (laughs) thanks for putting that image in my head. Great. Great. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. So finally, this uh, in this part of the show, at least, we're going to talk about the Nokia 9. And uh, it's done a great job so far, this HMD, this uh, global company that's trying to get the phone out again in terms of uh, the Nokia brand. And um, how do you guys feel about a $1,000 phone from this company? Because here's the thing. They do fast Android updates. They do clean Android in general, in terms of the look and feel. And really, it's just the hardware that's going to be making the difference here. And what we're learning from recent chatter, I'm not going to give it too much credence here, but it's going to look a lot like the Nokia 8 Scirocco, which uh, we played with at MWC. Uh, It was a very fine-looking phone, very premium-feeling phone. Uh, that was uh, approximately $700, $800. So I guess there is a justification to maybe move it up to that $1,000 mark. But then again, you're playing with the iPhone ten here, and you're playing with the next uh, generation iPhone ten, whatever the heck it's going to be called. So what do you think? Let's uh, start off with you, Brandon. I think uh, I've never used any modern Nokia phone uh, that runs Android. So I really, I really don't have an opinion. I mean, the, the eight Sirocco, I think looks really nice on paper. It, the the specifications look awesome. I just think it's a really beautiful looking device. Um, but like, have you guys used any of these newer Nokia phones? Not on, (laughs) not, not on the regular. Not really. And, uh, none of them are expensive. That's the thing. So I, 
I don't think I, I think the the product is a possibility, but like their selling point, like Nokia has a price. <laughs> oh, I mean, God, I hate this. All right, guys, I'm done. I'm done. So you remember the days? Uh, you remember I, I'm, the I'm days? I'm running out of patience uh, with this connection, guys. We are jumping between three hotspots and Wi-Fi. It is just so bad. Oh Sorry God. about that. All right, finish your point, and then uh, I'll uh, no, say it's, goodbye it's to just, you, Brandon. It's 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 just the, they're not going to launch an expensive phone. That's just it's not their strategy. They've been selling well. It's pointless. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a weird off the cuff strategy for uh, uh, HMD at this point. I have uh, over here, uh, back over here, the Nokia six point one, and uh, it's a very premium, heavy feeling phone. I haven't been able to put in uh, a SIM card for it yet, but I like it. It's run smooth, uh, much uh, unlike some of the Snapdragon four hundred, even the updated four fifty chip with that like new uh, fabrication, that fourteen nanometer fabrication that's supposed to be more efficient and more but it, it still chokes. So having that over there and uh, making sure that it runs perfectly, that stock Android is there and it's lovely. Like I found it pretty good, especially at that sub $300 price point. So maybe what I want to see it scaled up to that kind of premium level. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that is the ethos of uh, this current generation of well, Nokia. You, you got to make it, again, you got to make account though. Like that's 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 the problem. Uh, just like we were saying last week, that what would a Microsoft Android phone look like? Well, it'll look like an Android phone. And that's basically what it is. You got to give it something that is actually different. Note 9 have, well, will have at least the S Pen and uh, other phones have like wide angle lenses or different lenses or something like that. Something that actually sort of makes that price point make sense. And if this Sirocco $1,000 phone is just going to be just like a really sleek design, I'm sorry, but that's not going to be enough. Though I will say this, yeah. Nokia throwing in their hat into the $1,000 premium price point uh, tier, like it kind of makes sense to me because they want to like keep up with the Joneses in a way, but the consumers are not going to buy into it just because it's an expensive phone. I've I've heard people say I've had debates like this with people where they said if you if I have the ability to buy a more expensive phone, I'm going to get it because that price point makes me feel like I'm actually paying for something that is premium. But in this case, I'm going to hesitate to say it would be. Yeah, and there's been some hesitation in terms of uh, uh, its approach to Android phones too. I mean, we've seen. Uh, the getting in the door strategy of remixing a couple of old Nokia phones of uh, the glory days, such as the 3310, the 88, 8100, the Matrix phone, banana phone, banana phone. whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. right. So, and there's only so far that you can get with that kind of strategy. It's been good for Nokia so far, but uh, again, it's just about that mileage. And you have to make sure that at some point, even though the, these are pretty good stable of uh, Android phones, you have to make sure that your product, your fla uh, there's a flagship product that stands on its own. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. the tightrope that uh, is being played here. I want to thank Brandon Miniman for joining us uh, for the time that he could. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, hey, maybe we should make this a little bit more often should you uh, come in. Hey, let's do this again sometime, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see you later have a good weekend have a good weekend see you guys see ya see ya and Dude, uh, I'm, I'm gonna jump off as well like uh, this is the worst i apologize it's i yeah i was about it's to getting say worse so i need to figure out what's up with the isp uh definitely hi may have a few more beers for me and for joshua that's and unsafe. Uh, you have a great weekend yes that's unsafe yes, with the amount that i've already had <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, make sure at the very least you enjoy it. See you guys. Take care. See Thank ya. Bye. All right. All right. And so it's just two. you and me, Josh. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Which one to go first? Maybe I'll just, there'll be like a freak thunderstorm coming in and uh, it'll be all right. And then you'll be the last one standing. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 totally available for whatever we need uh, coming up. It's a good thing that we got the hot takes out of the way, so we do have a couple of the uh, of the uh, broader topics coming up, or broader, or the, the deeper dive topics. I don't know what term you want to use. Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be about uh, how much people are going to be willing to pay for their phones. Now, yeah. if you thought that the iPhone 10 was that budget stretching that wallet sucking monster that it was at $999 or $1,149 if you bought the 256 gigabyte version. Well, just you wait, because we're in the middle of a trade war, if you haven't noticed. We got this uh, whole President Trump ethos of uh, making deals and if not walking away and saying, screw you, everyone, I'm going home, here's a bunch of tariffs, you go deal with that. And also just a whole bunch of politicking around it uh, in terms of uh, farm deals, agriculture, and whatnot. But we're going to focus on tech because that's what we do here. So recently, we saw a couple of uh, products from Apple, including the Apple Watch, the original Apple Watch, at least. So not even the Series 1, as Apple might have uh, characterized it, but just like the Apple Watch Sport, Apple Watch Edition, Apple Watch. If you remember those names, then there you go. We also have a few Fitbits on this list. And apparently all these uh, products that we're talking about here are going to be affected because they come under a tariff category that's going to be considered for additional tariffs. Anywhere from 10%, as we've seen with uh, aluminum aluminum and steel, up to 25% for other things. I think uh, those would be for the agricultural products. But again, there's a sliding scale. It's on a uh, determined basis uh, for each category. And we should expect more phones, more products, more more laptops even, to come under this uh, very uh, strict regime as we go into the next couple of months as uh, these uh, tariffs get approved, barring any situation changing in terms of the trade picture with China. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love that. This we've is been, a frustrating we, thing. It is. And I, I love that we have been singing the praises of uh, Chinese phones, at least to some extent, over the last couple of years. And clearly, the, these, these trade wars and these tariffs have been ongoing, but it only becomes a huge problem once you put names like Apple and Fitbit behind it. <laughs> and now yeah. people are talking about it. And it's just like, well, I mean, what do, you, what do you expect? I mean, like, the U.S. already is not able to enjoy something like the P20 or the P20 Pro because of stuff like this, because of the American, let's say um the the um the skeevishness the pride yeah the pride but also the skeevishness that they have around security and then on top of that you throw these ter- these tariffs on top and now you know the the market just ends up suffering for it and then it's only when a, an, an incumbent it's only when something that is very established in our ecosystem like apple when they get when they get uh, uh affected that's when everybody jumps up in arms <laughs> and that's, that's yeah that's the funny thing to pre- me 
yeah, it precludes a lot of Chinese business from being done with the United States. We've already been talking about it with cybersecurity concerns about uh, these uh, telecom providers, these mm-hmm. uh, Huawei, ZTE, and whatnot. Uh, getting uh, dissed on by national intelligence directors. And it's been this uh, crazy thing. They were even talking about uh, there was a White House plan or uh, some sort of national security plan, but that was uh, related to the White House. Uh, That meant nationalizing the 5G network of this nation here. So um, (laughs) that's how kind of conspiratorial this whole uh, play against China has been. And then you talk about, well, these Chinese businesses like Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, they want to expand across the globe and they can't get into the U.S. market, which is the toughest to crack for these these types. Because, first of all, again, that skeevishness that you've pointed out, but also just the fact that it's it's they're they're too used to apple and samsung and those are the two names that you have heard because lg ranks a distant third in our market at like a 17 or like 15 percent or something like that and then motorola would be next at single digits Mm -hmm. how are they going to expect to compete first of all in an unlocked market that still has yet to really develop and with carrier partnerships especially with that whole cybersecurity thing because we know we talked about that uh huawei mate 10 pro getting at the last minute ditched by yeah, at&t and exactly Verizon. it's just been crazy so yeah there's so many different factors that, that 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 lie into this and you know one thing that i will say for the general consumer out there who is really into these ecosystems fitbit apple sonos all of these things that are very clearly stated to be part of these tariffs or at least affected by these tariffs now you know why you're paying so much for your tech it's not the only reason but it's one of the reasons and it's uh it's crazy that now we can actually point because oh, i remember when uh one thousand dollars started to be the breaching point for some of these smartphones we would point at that and be like why is this happening and like we're really upset about it now we kind of are being given a bit of a, a reason and it's not a good reason at all um so what i would say to a lot of consumers out there if you're upset about these tariffs causing this massive price increase for all of your phones and whatnot if you are the kind of person that likes to get the new phone every single year i'm going to reiterate um it seems like the magic number has been seven for a lot of these phone lines if you happen to have any phone after the seventh generation of the iPhone, the Samsungs, or even the LGs at this point, like you're probably okay. Like you don't have to feel pressure to actually pay this massive amount of money to get this phone, which is getting affected by so many different things to become so expensive that you have to take out a freaking mortgage to get one. <laughs> Our smartphones are getting better. And um, because they're getting so much better, you can actually, you can actually, it, it would be worth it for you to at least not go to another generation, or f- at least you don't have to feel pressured to have to jump to this latest generation and spend all that money. That's all I'm saying. I will remind uh, the listener here that T-Mobile only covers the first $720 uh, in uh, any in uh, equipment installation plan. After that, you have to pay that as a down payment. Uh, AT&T, Verizon, those are the big guys, and uh, they seem to be able to be able to finance all uh, the total price for their thing. So, I mean, I'm not sure if uh, that has anything to do with... Uh, the situation as we go forward, eventually you're going to see that there's some price point, be it the $45 per month mark or something like that. That's going to be really just, I don't want to pay that for two years. So yeah, exactly. We'll have to see about that. Yeah. yeah. And there's also the fact that uh, ZTE, 
uh, finally has uh, some recourse in the United States because not only has it started to get out of those uh, uh, punishments that it incurred while it was uh, it was accused of uh, breaching sanctions, breaching U.S. trade sanctions with North Korea and Iran uh, businesses over there. They're finally getting out of that. And there was a fear for a time that they would uh, come under effect of a national defense bill where they would be blocked. The defense contractors, which are pretty much plenty of companies that you already know in the United States, but they would be banned from working with ZTE or Huawei in terms of that, um, getting supplies, products and whatnot. So that's all done. And ZTE seems to be at some clearing point, at some sort of end of the tunnel. Can we finally talk about the Axon 9? Because <laughs> that has been one of the, like, the, the Axon 7 was one of the most uh, lauded upon mid-rangers of 2016 in terms of what it brought for audio, in terms of this relatively conservative approach to Android. It was 2016, so that was still relatively conservative. And then they were also committing themselves to cleaner uh Android runs, starting with Oreo, which was supposed to come at the early part of this year. And now we're kind of left picking up the pieces, ZTE is, at least, but we're wondering what the heck I'm to expect at this point. I mean, how do you see this, Josh? I think that, okay, ZTE is one of those companies that I have a, um, a love-hate relationship with because, like, I give them a lot of props for uh, trying to innovate. Like, remember the Axon M? And yes, the Axon 7 was uh, a very decent device, especially at the time. And uh, I would be excited to see what comes next uh, after, all of these, uh, after all these sanctions had occurred. But the thing is, will they even have the ability to... to Produce because I'm looking at this article and I'm just saying that you know sanctions would be lifted if the Chinese company would agree to pay a one billion dollar penalty. Um, and, and they have they they paid have. up they and mm-hmm. yeah and so, so they and they have a good so like, amount in terms of uh, reserves yeah exactly so there's there, there was that and also a large amount of time that ZTE was not able to uh, perform trades or to do shipments of their parts and whatnot so there's there's a ton of money that has been lost because of all of this because of the skeevishness as for if, if that's gonna that's like the show title now the skeevishness <laughs> but, <laughs> the skeevishness weekly <laughs> um but basically I, I i i would be interested to see what their next move would be in terms of what their next device would be but i just don't see it happening for a while while they recover from all of this and I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what it would be, and who knows what it could look like? Uh, maybe it'll come out in China, and we'll get some sort of some sort of look at that. But as far as it coming here to the U.S., I think it's going to take a while for them to have the resources and the uh, the ability to be able to do so comfortably. And one swift moved, and uh, they could be gone as well because that those punishments could come back into effect if yep. they uh, seem to do a move that uh, the U.S. Commerce Department doesn't like, or perhaps it's just going to be those tariffs that just nail them in. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, and yeah. you know what? I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to get political at all, but I, I and, and this is very doomsday in a way, like it's very negative of me to say, um, but honestly, ZTE uh, unfortunately might just become one of those companies that is a scapegoat. 
And if there are ever any problems between the U.S. and China, ZTE might unfortunately be one of those companies that ends up getting the brunt of the uh, of the crap that the U.S. ends up doing when it comes to these trade wars. So yeah, ZTE, you complied, good good job, and like trying to like at least stick around and just sort of comply with all these things that were happening. But like you said, Jules, it could happen again. And it, it's just I'm just afraid that ZTE might become one of those Chinese companies that is a scapegoat for the U.S. government and for the U.S uh economy you know like if if the us and china trade wars end up becoming like a very long form thing then zt just might become another scapegoat in the in, in, in the whole thing these things can happen again like you said yeah i mean it's good to have aspirations it's good to have phones that you want to look up to and to grab but in terms of uh, being able to pay for them and seeing that slip away farther and farther every new cycle where <laughs> you know one reason or another you won't be able to get this phone in your lifetime. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just unfortunate. And one thing, when the Axon, yeah. whatever the case may be, next uh, phone comes out, we'll have like an internal celebration of sorts and be like, hey, cool. <laughs> like it's, it's finally back. <laughs> Yay. We'll, we'll be cheersing on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Finally, this hour, let's... Um, Let's take some bets here. So, Android P, the fifth developer preview, the last developer preview has been released, and we should expect it to come out in the next month, the final version of Android P. We don't have uh, a final name yet. We do know it's going to be Android 9.0, but uh, as far as any internal documents or internal sourcing goes on, uh, all we have had is pistachio ice cream, uh, at least in the like the long form name mm. that is being used at Google, and then there was also Pistachio, which was used in a Huawei customer service transaction in I think Poland. <laughs> so that's where that's where we have our sourcing going on here. So what do you think? Look how look how far we go just to figure out what this stuff might be. By the way, just one quick thing, I do want to uh, give a shout out to the uh, oh, yeah. to the live chat. I have been monitoring it and just just letting you guys know, um, it's not that we don't read the live chat. I've been reading it this entire time. It's just that whenever a tiny little question might come up in the chat, our conversation kind of naturally addresses it. So I'm sorry if I haven't called anybody yeah. out real quick. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the chat has been ongoing. There were a couple of them that I wanted to call out, and then we ended up saying it anyway on 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 air. Um, okay, so as far as what Android P might be called, um, why is Pistachio like the front runner? Like I've I always thought Pancake was going to be one of them, and then um, just as a Filipino, there's a there's a little Filipino dessert called mm. Polboron that I would love for yeah. it to be. <laughs> Um, so for my Filipino de demographic here, like, you know, in the Philippines, Android P is Paul Baron. We're just all going to... You're just going to agree that that's it. And you'll, like, whatever the <laughs> yes. official name is, you're probably just going to fly to San Francisco, tear down the fiberglass statue, and then build one of your own and then replace it. Put up a Paul Baron, a huge Paul Baron yeah, Android. The Filipino <laughs> gorillas will be taken over and that will be it at Mountain View. Like, that's it. I mean, if it were up to me... Uh, I would definitely consider Pancake. Uh, I actually haven't thought of any answer myself. I was just busy just trying to like put together, okay, so there's this and there's that. And I have not taken the time to actually think, what have I wanted? Um, For me, this is kind of a panin, which in German means blooper because I can't 
think of anything right now. So I have failed miserably <laughs> as a host in this aspect. But you know what? Pistachio is okay. I like pistachio ice cream. It's I don't know why. Well, it's green. The nut is green, and the so that's why the ice cream itself is green. But it's still, kind of weird to see green ice cream if it's not mint. I don't know. That's just me. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, just to further prove the point that we read the chats, um, one of the one of them says, uh, well, I mean, OK, you can have your opinions about Android all you want, but there is one person that said Android poop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? You know, oh, Peppermint was another one, too. Um, Peppermint. Uh, Peppermint. I was thinking of Peppermint. I do think that pancake makes a lot more sense. Um, but whatever it might be, what, what, what was it? Was it popsicle one also? But that's not popsicle, really a pastry. Yeah, that's not really a pastry. It's a dessert. It's a treat. It's a you know one of those sweet things. But I mean, I did hear about that once. Um, what was the uh, the the peppermint is? Well, I think. Well, if you were to go with the poop emoji, because technically that's supposed to be a chocolate ice cream cone top. Like, I think that would work out in some sort of demented way, but hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what would, what would look good as a statue, I think, is should be part of the question, right? Because yeah, I think a pancake would be easy. I think a popsicle would be easy. I think peppermint might be a little tough. Like, what would you put? Peppermint candy? You know, it's... Yeah, candy cane. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, but that's why I think pancake is probably the one that makes the most sense because it's just a big round circle that looks a lot like the Oreo statue, and then it's just a lighter shade of brown. And you could probably just <laughs> don't remind us, uh, but you could probably even, like put on a couple of toppings too. Uh, if you, I mean, that's what the Oreo thing looks like. Uh, not the Oreo thing. The no, that, I was thinking about the Oreo O logo that they had for uh, Android before it was Oreo. It was just the yellow O and the white circle uh, in the center. This one's a P, uh, which is, you know, kind of, it looks like a candy cane shape yeah. with the, the, uh, the lowercase P. And it has that striping in the center. So maybe, I think, I think it would make sense to go with peppermint. That's my, I think that's going to be my official bet. Twenty bucks. Okay, fair. Yeah. All right, I'll put twenty down yeah. for pancake personally. Um, All right, but we'll shake <laughs> on it and we'll agree, and then whenever it happens, then uh, we'll be paying out. <laughs> there we go. One of our commenters said Pinocchio. I'm like, what are you eating? Pinocchio. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't. I mean, high fiber. High fiber. That's all I'm going to say. High fiber. Oh yeah. boy. Uh, and yes, I. I Speaking of words that start with P, yes, I am still rocking my pebble. One of the commenters did say that, but we're not going to talk about that. It, but, but I will say, um, let's get the naming right. It is, this is no longer called a pebble. This is called a rebel. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has yep, been working it's called wonderfully. A rebel. Yep. Yep. Uh, made from the offshoot of a uh, pebble. Uh, credit to uh, uh, Fitbit for uh, keeping things going as long as they have been and yeah. uh, allowing the courtesy of being able to offload this service. Um the services. Oh my gosh! So. One one more comment just came in. Peanut butter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, peanut butter will be the more kind of visible, uh, visceral kind of thing that you could see and touch and feel instead of a uh, peanut butter. It's <laughs> a big jar. Unless you want to go with like <laughs> PB and J. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. That would be interesting. But hey, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. Hey. It's been a nice uh, show, and uh, it's been a nice uh, week, I-, I feel like. And uh, hopefully I'm, you'll I'm be able to relax. Was, 
Yeah, exactly. I was glad. I'm glad that I was here to back it up when the other two who who were I'm the guest, and it's so funny because the two the two other hosts like bailed. Yeah. <laughs> for one reason, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I can't fault them for uh, not leaving uh, already. So, I oh, mean, it's fine. There you go. I, I just think it's really funny because, like, like I'm I'm having fun guesting on here as as much as I am, and then it's just funny that both I mean Brandon had to had to bounce. <laughs> Oh, God bless yeah. them. Uh, but you know, we started again, late for having me on. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Oh, uh, we did start a little bit late. That was my fault. I, my setup had some some trouble. Oh, it was everyone's fault. Let's <laughs> let's let's not get let's share the blame on this one because I Fair feel enough. like uh, yeah, it's uh, there's one reason or another, and I'm not going to debate what those reasons are. Ah, man. Well, finally, <laughs> finally, we have an announcement to make, and I'm excited to be a part of it. From next week. We will have a new host for this show that we've loved putting on for you since 2012. This will be one of many changes to come, we certainly expect for the better, with the goals of giving you more perspective on the ever-evolving mobile landscape, as well as just us letting loose and having fun and making sure that you are too. I've been very proud to oversee the weekly for the past four years. I am grateful to be able to continue to oversee the weekly for the episodes to come. But as you might have guessed, I took on this temporary hosting position with the intention of it being temporary. Since the departure of Juan Carlos Bagnell, who we have nothing but respect for, I kept the lights on and made sure that we had an interesting show every week. So we've gone through the highs, the lows, together in a very short span. But I pray that I've done my job of entertaining you. It was a privilege to serve the audience, that's you, directly for the past several weeks you will know who the new host is by next friday they are very capable very gregarious and have very good ideas for how we will evolve this show for the times to come as we say in our industry stay tuned there's a lot more coming up be sure to keep the conversation going by emailing us, podcast at pocketnow.com. We would really like to hear the thoughts you have to get out and the questions you need answered. Also, we are all on Twitter with the hashtag PNWeekly. You can reach Brandon Miniman at Brandon Miniman. Joshua Vergar is at JVTechT. That's a T with the, the drinking. And then you have Jaime Rivera at J-A-I-M-E underscore R-I-V-E-R-A. I'm on Twitter at Point Jewels. Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and YouTube in both English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Dairy. Uh, dairy. You can drink milk with that dairy. Uh, <laughs> Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adiario every weekday. We also have a lovely site, pocketnow.com, for all your mobile tech needs. We certainly appreciate reviews and ratings on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, wherever you happen to be streaming us, because without them, we wouldn't have been making this show for the past six years. On behalf of the team here, I'm Jules Wong. Let's meet again real soon. And uh, you should also get ABC uh, to uh, make sure that you get TGIF as well. <laughs> Wait, it's back? No, no. I thought TGIF. They brought it back for a little bit. For a little bit. TGIF, Toonami, all that crap. It's 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 gone. I think Toonami's still gone. Right. Toonami's no, and Toonami's been here for the past several years. Oh, still around. Okay.
All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, they took a break for like mm, seven years. Okay. Are we ready to go live? <laughs>